Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 806 of the Juicebox podcast. What we have here is a bit of a Christmas miracle, it seems. On December 8th, 2022, just yesterday, the FDA announced approval for the Dexcom G7. And so, of course, I have Jake Leach here today to tell you all about it. Jake is the Chief Operating Officer at Dexcom, but more importantly, he's worked there for nearly 20 years, and his understanding of all things Dexcom is fascinating. I mentioned at the end of the episode when Jake and I finished talking, but I'm throwing questions at him from, like, accuracy, you know, when's it going to be available, how did you make this, what do you plan on doing about that, and Jake just, man, he just has the answers. Absolutely fantastic. It's a great conversation. It's only 30 minutes long, but it's a ton of questions that came right from you, the listeners, a few of my own, and all of Jake's answers. So settle in and enjoy. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. If you're new to the podcast and you don't know anything about it, you should hit subscribe in your favorite audio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your shows. Follow or subscribe. The Juicebox Podcast puts up new content four times a week, Monday through Thursday. You'll hear interviews with an adult living with type 1 or a parent of a child who has type 1, and we talk about all kinds of stuff. For instance, there's an entire series of After Dark episodes, where we talk about topics that most people don't talk about. There's Ask Scott and Jenny, where I and Jenny Smith, a CDE who has had type 1 diabetes for 34 years, answer your questions. We have entire episodes about algorithm pumping, Omnipod 5, Control IQ, and looping. There's the Bold Beginning series for people who are just starting out with type 1 diabetes. And all of the questions and topics were suggested by listeners of the show when they were asked, what do you wish you would have known in the beginning? There's the Defining Diabetes series, which is just every conceivable phrase and term that you'll use with Type 1 explained in short, fun, understandable episodes. We define thyroid issues in the Defining Thyroid series. Talk about the different variables that impact your blood sugars and life in the Diabetes Variables series. There's an entire mental wellness series and heard about it, I wouldn't be surprised, the Diabetes Pro Tip series from the Juicebox podcast. I could explain to you what it is, but instead, I'll read you this, and then we'll get to Jake and the Dexcom G7 excitement. This is from a listener. My son was diagnosed type 1 about five months ago. I have learned so much from just the Pro Tip shows, and I will be listening to all of the episodes. This podcast is amazing, both for the information and for the shared experiences from Scott and his guests. They make you feel less like you just got hit in the face with a shovel and more like you can find a way to keep your loved ones happy and healthy. Check out the Diabetes Pro Tip series at juiceboxpodcast.com. Go to the top in the menu where all of the series I mentioned and much more are listed. Or you can go right into your audio app and search Juicebox Podcast Pro Tip and they should all pop up right in front of you. The first Pro Tip series is at episode 210. 
It's called Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over. Yesterday, I woke up to an email about G7 being approved by the FDA. It's a number of months, if I'm being fair. Yeah. It's a lot of months since it was approved in Europe. That surprised me. Did it surprise you? Yeah, it did. Yeah, we we anticipated those two review cycles to um, uh, be similar in time. And so our goal was to launch the product globally around the same time. But the approval in Europe came um, as expected, and the FDA approval took a little longer than we anticipated. So um, it did, yeah. It, it, very happy to have it now. Very excited to get the product in users' hands now. But um, it it did take a little longer than expected. Okay. Can you tell me why? Like what was the, the, the primary um, uh, reason was we had to um, we had a feature in there um, called silence all um, that we had to uh, remove. It's in it's in the product that's outside the U.S. But we had to remove it from the U.S. product. Um, it, it's basically a, a feature that allows users to silence the alerts for um, up to six hours. Um, you know, so that if they're in a situation where they understand, they basically I got it. I don't need to be alerted by my CGM at this point in time. I'm going to, my glue is going to be high for a while, or, or I know that it's low. Mm-hmm. Um, really just silence those audio alerts. The FDA wanted to see a little bit more information before they got comfortable with that. So we basically um, had to uh, take that out of the product um, for uh, the U.S. For now, we intend to put it back in very quickly here working with the FDA. But that was the reason why the review took a little longer, because we had to actually make that change and then um, uh, respond to the FDA with the changes. Wow. It's it's interesting that it's... um making a change, responding to all that, all the backroom stuff takes that many months to get accomplished. It's, it's really crazy. All right. So why do you like that feature? Why did you want to add it? So it's a highly requested feature by users um, because they, while they love their alerts and alarms for glucose um, and the other aspects of the product, they, they, when they understand their glucose is out of range, they don't always need to be reminded every 30 minutes. And so with some of particularly the low alerts, It'll continually remind you, even if you acknowledge it, if you can only acknowledge, you know, acknowledge it and it'll come back in 30 minutes. Okay. So that is the primary reason it's it's really strong user request. And so um, we're getting very good feedback about the the feature uh, outside the U.S. And uh, like I said, we, we intend to bring it as soon as we can. Okay. I'm going to ask you to be fair to you if there's anything you want to say before I hit you with a deluge of questions that people gave me to ask you. <laughs> Do you have anything? Just, um, I'm happy to answer all the questions, but um, just wanted to share in the excitement of the community and uh, you know everyone who we now have um, you know G7 approved. We're, we're working very quickly to get it out um, at early 2023, and when I say early, it means quite early. Um, and uh, we, um, you know, on the heels of uh, Medicare, um, the the CMS. Um, recommendation for coverage uh, for folks on basal insulin, so not just intensive insulin anymore. So really, exp- a lot of expanded coverage for use of CGM. On top of that, you, you see a G seven approval. So could be more exciting time uh, for Dexcom and and for the community in general. Is the Medicare distinction a first step to private insurance accepting those ideas? Yeah, absolutely. Usually Medicare leads um, and then private insurance generally follows quite quite quickly after that. And so um, it's expansion of CGM to uh, many people who could benefit from it who weren't previously covered. And is that an early step towards getting type twos covered? 
Yeah, so that that basal coverage is type two. Um, you know, most, most folks on basal, you know, insulin are type two, as well as anybody with type two that has um, uh, hypoglycemia challenges. That's also um, a part of the the recommended recommendation from CMS to Medicare. So, um, yeah, and then there is there's still, as you mentioned, there's still a group of of type two individuals who who would not be covered um, by Medicare. But that's our next focus. We want to focus on how do we get coverage because we know. CGM has clinical benefit in that population. Mm-hmm. Um, and so do it, you're basically generating the evidence that's required to to show that to payers. In my mind, getting it onto type twos without forcing them to get into a situation where they have to use insulin makes a lot of like health sense to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally do you think Scott. we're years from that? Um, you know, nothing ever goes as fast as I want it to go. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think there, there's, you know, a lot of folks are, you know, CGM, it's continue to expand and there's a lot of folks working through, you know, glucose programs, the level two program at United is an example of, you know, an insurer basically taking CGM and u- using it strategically in, in their type two population, uh, to generate better outcomes. And so, there's um there's going to be a lot more to come uh, over the coming years here. It's exciting. I've been interviewing a lot of type twos lately, and all of their successes seem to come from when they start to think about their type two diabetes, like type one diabetes, and they start using insulin in targeted ways, and they have all these great improvements afterwards. So anyway, uh, that's way off the track for for a conversation where I only have you for thirty minutes. But um, we'll ask the big questions that I imagine you know everybody wants to know, right? Um, when early 2023 that's great will you have will it be like a wide rollout or is it going to be one of those things where you know like three guys at tesla are driving the car and nobody else has one (laughs) (laughs) it is a great question because um you know we we often do limited launches to make sure we um you know every we're comfortable with everything the support uh of the product the product itself but um, we, you know, we've had the opportunity to do that um, overseas in Europe. So we did a limited launch there and then we moved into full launch. And so our U.S. launch will be um, full launch. We don't intend to constrain it. Um, we feel comfortable with the uh, amount of product we have um, as as well as the timing. So um, it, it's basically going to er, early 2023. It's going to be generally available. Do you think it will create more initial customer service needs, or do you think that the ease of use might actually take back your your need for CSR coverage? What we're seeing with um, a G7 uh, OUS is that um, it definitely has resolved a number of the things that we experienced with the G6 launch that needed support. Mm-hmm. Any new product generally requires some um, level of you know new education, um, and so we we're ready for you know we have the support. Um, we've done this is the seventh time we've done a, a product launch. Each one's bigger. Um, but we learn every time we do it. And so we learned quite a bit from our G6 launch about the expectation of customers and the support needed. And so we'll we'll be ready uh, for for it. Um, we've been handling uh, the European launch um, uh, quite well. And so um, we'll, we'll be ready for us. All right. Will G6 transmitters can p- continue to be made? And do you have is there a yeah. timeline for that not to happen or? We basically will we'll continue to supply. We have plenty of capacity for G6. We'll continue to supply that product until everyone has transitioned over to G7. Um, the um, the folks that'll, you know, kind of some of the AID um, customers that um, we're waiting for compatibility with G7, those, those folks will definitely, we've always loved sensors and um, 
G6 transmitters uh, as needed um, for that entire group until everybody shifts over. We do in, intend to um, you know roll out G7 faster than we did G6 um, globally in terms of you know kind of upgrading everyone up, up to the G7 uh, product. And so, um, but we'll we'll continue to make G6 as long as we need. Sometimes I notice when I ask people, hey, if you have questions for Jake, put them here. Sometimes I notice you see their fears in the questions. And some <laughs> of the questions, I think, if they weren't afraid, they wouldn't ask. But this is one that I think I'd like to cover anyway. I know the answer, and I have no idea what the answer is. But a person asks, every time I change my, my G6 transmitter right now, I kind of have to go into my pump and tell it I've put on a new transmitter. And now they're hearing that the G7, every device they put on, it basically does its own transmission and they're worried they're going to have to go into the pump, but that's going to be automated, I imagine. So um, there's a couple things there. So um, we'll start with the um, with the pump. Um, so one of the things, advancements with G7 is there's a four-digit pairing code and it's just numeric. It's not alphanumeric. So there's only four numbers that identify um, the transmitter you're trying to pair with. Um, and so there's some sophisticated... Um, analytics under the hood there that make allow us to do that um, because cl clearly the identification number for the transmitter is quite a bit more than just four digits <laughs> but <laughs> the pairing code is four digits um so with a pump you have to you do have to enter in um the four digits um but because that's a more frequent um process um it'll be more easily accessible on the mobile phones um the actual applicator has a qr uh, on it that you can just quickly take a picture and it loads all that information uh, into um, the uh, uh, into the the display device. So the, pro the process is is sort of it it happens quickly during it, but it's it's not some great thing where I'm scrolling through screens and that kind of. Thing. No, it's designed. It's it's something that you you have to do it, but it's it's very simple. Um, and uh, th that's why we put made the pairing code. We reduced it so that it would be even simpler for users. Cool. Will people still be able to calibrate a G7 if they want to? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that feature is still there if, if you want to use it. Is the adhesive on G7 the same as the adhesive on G6? No, it's different. It, if you look at the patch, it may look very similar um, uh, from the surface, but it's actually a new new adhesive um, that um, is uh, we've seen in our early clinical studies as well as early performance outside the U.S. that there's less irritation um, with, with the um, uh, sensor patch um, for those, you know, the very, you know, it's a small group of folks, but there are folks that do have, you know, um, uh, patch irritation issues. And so we've seen a reduction in the number of that in the occurrence rate. Is there any chance that this is the time you're going to tell me that it's going to work directly to an Apple watch? <laughs> not, not right out the gate, Scott, but um, it's not far off. We, we built it into the hardware. We finally uh, have, you know, capability to have that directly in the G7 hardware. And so it's going to be an app release that unlocks that feature. This makes me remember, you know, uh, you might have a context for this. When I was young, Kevin Smith, the film director was like blowing up and he used to have these little private film festivals. And every year I'd go to one that he would hold. And there was a, you know, you'd, say hello when you get there and you start to know them after year after year people recognize each other and the last time i ever went to one i shook his hand and i said will you tell me when i'm too old to come to these and <laughs> he said if you tell me when i'm too old to make these movies and 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 i just had that feeling in my head like you and i are like you're on the edge of retirement and i've been making a podcast for 20 years and i'm like is it gonna work with the apple watch and <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head or why I wasted time with it, but it just, it delighted me just now when I was thinking about it. <laughs> All right. So 
it's built into the architecture at this point. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, the Bluetooth architecture has been updated to include it. Do you expect it to happen with the G7? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, what's happening to the apps right now? We're going to get a new, like, well, a G7 user is going to get a new app, but will the followers, <laughs> like, what all is going to happen there? Yeah, so um, the G7 plugs seamlessly into the into the architecture. So uh, when a new when uh, for example when the uh, user uh, basically upgrades from G6 to G7, they actually use their same G6 username and password. Um, they enter that into the G7, and all their data is um, you know still in their clarity, still links in. So now G7 is just updating um, their uh, um, data. It also moves over their settings. So um, similar to when you enter your pass username and password into a new G6 app, it remembers your previous settings. G7 does the same thing. So it makes it easier, easy for customers to transition over. Um, and then the followers, um, Clarity app, all of that, just they, they work. You don't have to get a new one. It works um, with G7. Will you be updating the follow app? We will. We've um, So over the past couple of years, we've been kind of laser focused on rolling out G7, uh, basically getting it ready for global launch as well as our Dexcom 1 product. So both of those are on this completely new software platform. So um, we've been spending a lot of time. Our teams have been focused on that. But as uh, we are, you know, we're, we're rolling, we've been rolling out Dexcom 1. G7 has now you know, got our U.S. launch coming and a, and a few more rollouts globally through the um, 2023 and early 2024. Um, the team's going to be, we're going to be able to focus a bunch of the resources on continued innovation um, in both the follow space, Clarity, as well as the G7 and Dexcom 1 app. So bringing more features to those. So um, you'll be seeing a, a more rapid cadence. We've built a lot of software capacities, uh, you know, basically the capacity to develop software to be able to do both Dexcom 1 and G7 at the same time mm-hmm. um, and, and across the globe. So um, we've got a lot of capacity we can unleash on new features. Give those people something new to do. Uh, so mm-hmm. at launch, no Delta, no no rate of change? No rate of change at launch, not yet. Okay. Not yet, but, but it's the, on the list. On the list for the new app. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, Android as well, right? Android oh, iPhone? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. How, how yep. where, where do you... This is kind of gets away from G7 for a second, but it doesn't really. Open access for things like looping, sugar pixel, glucose, stuff like that. Is is that you guys stay in the course on how you think about that? Yeah, I mean, we've always thought about it in terms of we want to have as much accessibility as we can. Um, and so that's the reason why we have our APIs. Um, it's the way, you know, it's the way we do our partnerships. Um, so I think it's, you know, we, we, we've always uh, kind of embraced the community, the innovation in the community and, and all of the great stuff that's being done there. And so, you know, we, we walk a fine line between, um, you know, regulated devices um, and, and making sure that users get access to their data. So um, our philosophy there hasn't changed. Um, so while new systems do, you know, things change with new systems um, in all kinds of different aspects. And so um, there'll be, you know, work to do for compatibility for anything. Um, but we definitely, um, you know, understand how important some of those systems are to people. I think every time you make some sort of an announcement about something, excuse me, it brings up anxiety for people who loop or or something like that. Like they think, like, is this going to be the time I wake up and it just doesn't work anymore? So it's nice to hear. Um, accuracy stuff. First 24 hours, uh, same, better, different than G6? 
Yeah, it's it's um it's a it's a little better. Um, you know, it's still um the la- the the first day is um while good, the the days after that are are even better, and particularly with G7, um, with the uh you know, 8.2% MRD in the ICGM uh study. That's um, you know, most most accurate ICGM um data ever produced. So yeah. um we are um very excited about that. And so G7 um is you know it's it's based it's it's based in the technology that we've been working with with g6 and, and other generations but we made quite a few enhancements both to the sensor probe and as well as the um, glucose algorithm that marred number is that just for armware or is that anywhere that it's okay to wear it's arm it's armware so it's um 8.2 percent in adults 8.1 percent armware in, in peds um and then with peds we also have the um upper buttock uh, location um, indicated. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about uh, somebody's asking me about accuracy at higher numbers when people are fighting with high blood sugars. Do you see any improvement there? I guess I should just ask you how you see this as an improvement over G6 really. Yeah, it's um, what, what it really is, is um, it, it's all about even more consistent sensors, right? When you look at a population of sensors uh, in a clinical study, you know, it's not like every single one has an MRD of eight. You've got some with, uh, you know, MRDs of four and some of the, you know, in a particular individual or particular sensor, you know, it's going to be, you know, a little bit higher than that. So what we're seeing with G7 is there's less outliers. It's more, it's a tighter distribution of performance. And so that's one of the things that really helps drive down overall system performance. Mm-hmm. Um, because the MRD number you see is it's a uh, average across a, an entire clinical study. So if I, if I said to you, just do a clinical study of day three to day eight, you'd see a better number than me making you put in the entire 10 day wear. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's how people game CGM systems, right? You do a, you do a clinical study and don't do any data on day one, or you don't do any hypoglycemia <laughs> data. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of ways to game clinical studies. Um, the, the ICGM criteria that the FDA set basically specifies exactly how you're supposed to run your clinical study, which is why it's a rigorous uh, um, standard. My buddy's a good guy if you don't think about the fact that he takes our wallets when we're together. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Gotta look at the whole picture. All right. Um, out-of-pocket costs, is it going to be similar to G6? So this episode doesn't have any ads on it because it came up rather quickly, you know, The Dexcom G7 announcement was yesterday, came out of nowhere. I wanted to get this episode with Jake up for you right now. And I've already already done all the ads I need to do this week, so I don't have any left. But I do want to just take a second to acknowledge that I'm able to make this podcast and on a Friday afternoon, surprise record an episode with Jake Leach from Dexcom and get it right online for you because this podcast is my job. And it can be my job because of the sponsors. They keep they keep the whole thing going. They keep the lights on. They help me pay my bills. And I want to give them a second because it's the end of the year. And we've had a, we have a lot of great sponsors. And I want to take a moment to thank them for their sponsorship in 2022. And to thank the ones who are staying with me for 2023. And they are Omnipod makers of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump and that Omnipod 5 automated system. You can learn more about it at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Of course, Dexcom is a sponsor. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Another sponsor of the show, 
is the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. My daughter's been carrying this meter forever. It's absolutely terrific, incredibly accurate, and you can learn more about it at contournext.com forward slash juice box. If you want to use the glucagon that my daughter carries, you can get Gvoke at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Check out that Gvoke hypo pen. US Med is where we get our diabetes supplies. USmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. They carry all the latest supplies, so check them out. And last but not least, Touch by Type 1 is a beautiful organization supporting the dreams of people with type 1 diabetes at touchedbytype1.org. I'd also like to take a moment to thank InPen from Medtronic Diabetes for their support in 2022. They won't be back in 2023, but that's okay. They were a great, great supporter of the show in 2022, and one of the reasons why you were able to get the show so plentifully and for free. And while I'm thanking people, I have a new sponsor in 2023, Athletic Greens. If you're looking for that AG1 from Athletic Greens, a green drink that actually tastes good, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. There are links in the show notes of the podcast players you're listening in right now and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to all of the sponsors. And they're not a sponsor, but if you go to the T1D Exchange at t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box, join their registry and fill out their survey, you'll be supporting people with type 1 diabetes and helping to move diabetes research forward. You also end up supporting the show by completing the survey. So they're not quite a sponsor, but you are supporting the show when you complete the survey. I want to say again that this podcast is, it's a full-time job. It is a ton of work. And without ad support, this would not be my job. And today you would not be hearing this information. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful for the people who support the show and for the people who support the sponsors. If you have the need and I have the advertiser, I hope you use my link because it's actually a huge help. Let's get back to Jake. Out-of-pocket costs, is it going to be similar to G6? Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically out-of-pocket cost coverage. Um, so uh, it's a really good question, Scott. So um, we anticipate G6 and G7 will be very similar. In the beginning, though, when you launch a new product, coverage com- is, you know, you, some there will be some coverage um, and then it continues to build over time. Um, and so we've the second we've got approval, we can now start uh, kind of finalizing all of those um, agreements with payers, Medicare, payers. And so what um, we uh, we do intend, though, even at time of launch to have some um, very accessible cash pay options for people whose coverage hasn't quite kicked in mm-hmm. there. They, they can stay on G6 for, um, you know, until they have their G7 coverage or they can switch right over and we'll have some, like I said, very accessible cash pay pricing for them. Um, can people still soak their sensors with G7? Uh, define soak. They want to put them on and wear them for a few hours before they start them. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You can do well. Actually, I want to be real precise there. It um, you can insert a G7 sensor. Um, what happens is though, the second you insert it, it starts uh, the sensor session. So um, all of that information is being recorded on the display device, or I mean, on on the 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 G7 itself. 
And so, you know, it has the 30 minute warm up time. As soon as 30 minutes goes by after insertion, it's going to start calculating and saving data. And when you pair to it, it'll be up and running. But if some, so if I'm wearing one now and yep. I, and I say this one's, I don't know, it's done in six hours. I want to put this one on now and, and let it soak. But as soon as I do that, do I lose the first one I'm wearing or I can just k- decide to just watch the first one while the, yeah. I'm just losing the life of the second one during that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. yeah. You just, the, the, none of the devices, whether it's an insulin pump or receiver or phone, they don't talk to two CG, two, you know, G7s at the same time. You just, you have to, you have to switch over um, when you're ready to, to the other one. It's just, it's more around the unique feature around G7 is the auto start the second you deploy. It starts session, which is great because I've I've talked to customers who would insert sensors and then forget to start their session and then realize, oh, now I started. I have to wait two hours uh, before I have data. So um, the uh, G7 is much faster. I've I've not pushed that button once or twice. Uh, (laughs) Will, um, is this going to be a pharmacy, a DME, both, just one? Both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have customers that get product through different channels. Um, you know, vast majority get product through uh, the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll, we'll continue to push that. But we also support DME for for Medicare and for many, for others. If I'm in a household where multiple people have type 1 diabetes, can I follow a G7 and a G6 on the follow up at the same time? Yes, you can. Yeah. Excellent. See how easy this is, Jake? Um, I, I can't believe people are so kind. Like just yesterday, I was like, give me questions. I have enough questions here. We could make a training manual for, for everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, so can alarms be silent for certain durations of times? So that's going to be a no right now, right? Right. It's, it's basically the, the ability to silence alerts is just like G6, but we are we, we do want to bring that feature. Um, it's, it's on the short list of things to put into the U.S. product. Um, we're working close with FDA um, to get them comfortable with it, and then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get it out. Very quickly. You, your new readings every five minutes. Do you ever consider yeah. doing it with, I mean, every minute or why is it every five minutes, I guess? Um, it's it's basically, it's kind of a, it, it's a balance of a lot of things, like like almost any kind of engineering design project. There's a, um, you can, you're balancing multiple things. Um, the system measures glucose continuously all the time. It's not like every five minutes it takes a measurement. It's It's measuring the entire time you're wearing the sensor. It's just Every five minutes is when the uh, glucose reading is communicated between the wearable and the display devices. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a balance of, you know, battery power um, uh, as well as, you know, the frequency of glucose change, um, all of those things around five minutes. You know, we've, we've contemplated doing it more frequently, but we haven't found a specific use case um, where it, it's, it makes the sense to do that um, and change the way the whole system works. Um, but it, it is something that we've, you know, we've talked about in the past, but five minutes, we, we feel pretty comfortable with it, you know, and with the, um, extremely minimal lag time of the sensors now, it's, it's much less of an issue than it was, uh, you know, years ago when it took quite a while to see the glucose change in your CGM after you made a treatment. Right. So as time goes on, that kind of adage of like Dexcom is showing you something that happened in the past, it's becoming less and less of the past, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A um, piggyback to that question, uh, on the follow app, it'll tell you basically it's been three minutes since the since the number changed. And I know for parents, like sometimes you lay in bed going, okay, one more minute. Let me just refresh this app one more time. Will you ever put that countdown on the user's app? Uh, that's a good, that's an interesting idea. I don't, I don't know if our team has con- contemplated that, but 
basically, yeah, so the user knows when that thing's coming. Yeah, it's a, that's a yeah, because when you I guess when you're sitting there, you've made a treatment, um, and, and you're you're basically trying to see the glucose change. Um, I I understand. Yeah, that, that storing glucose. a low blood sugar when you're sort of like, yeah. do I test? Do I drink? Do I eat? Like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. What's the Bluetooth range from the G7 to the phone? Is it the phone's it's, range? It's the, yeah, it's the same as G6. Yeah, it you know it it depends a lot on the you know the environment that you're in and how the distance right. It's really good when it's just like line of sight. Um, you can get you know well north of ten feet, but you know in, in crowded environments, um, it's it's less than that. But it's it's the same as G6. Mm-hmm. Since it's been out already in Europe, are you already working on things that you've seen? Like have have you are you making adjustments on what you're learning already? Yeah, yeah. of course. So, yeah, we've um, we've we've got um, quite a few. I mean, many of the you know with any product you do an initial launch and you're always improving it. You're learning things about you know the way it's manufactured. You learn ways about the way it performs. Um, we haven't seen any surprises um, in in the OUS launch in terms of product performance. Um, and we have we have a number of um, updates that we'll be cutting in over time that'll basically be invisible to users. Um, but you know, in continuing to improve reliability um, and, um, you know, just meeting all the needs of the users. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say that the most exciting thing we've learned from our OUS launch is that, um, more than half of the customers are brand new to Dexcom. So they haven't, they're not just upgrading from G6 to G7. They're actually new users coming into Dexcom family. So it really helps us, you know, reiterate the fact that G7 is a really good platform for expanding the use of, of CGM. Okay. Uh, is there been any change on compression lows? Do you see fewer with the new design? Um, you know, I, we haven't done a study that compares that exactly, but um, what one of the things that I've uh, talked to folks about that have worn G7, um, as well as kind of experienced myself, is the size of G7 allows you to move it around a little bit more in terms of the locations where you can wear it. Um, and that seems to be the best way to avoid compression lows is to find a place that, you know, you aren't compressing as often. Yeah. Well, not For myself, it's, it's, I wear it, you know, up on, on the top of my upper arm and that tends to help me. Okay. Okay. So, um, Canada, Australia this year, I'm uh, not, not 2022, but to, do you see them in 2023 having G7? Yep. Very, very, very likely. Both of those are, um, they're, you know, they're approval, um, processes, right. It's regulatory submissions. Um, yeah, G seven's already in New Zealand, um, and so hoping to bring it to Australia soon. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're the vast majority of the countries will switch over to G seven in, in two thousand twenty three, mm-hmm. um, and then there's a few uh, of the longer regulatory cycles that'll take us into early twenty four. So somebody asked this question. What? It's the internet, so I don't know. I hadn't heard this, but are you seeing any lost connection data on G seven in Europe to the point where you think of it as a problem? No, no, I think um, it's similar to G6. It can happen. And we actually do have um, technologies in our pipeline that we've been working on that we implemented on G6, some of it, and we're also looking to do it on G7 to even further enhance um, the Bluetooth range and capabilities. But I think one of the things with a new product, anytime you experience something, it's like, oh, is it the new product that's causing that? So um, it's uh, no, it's definitely not a problem, but we do... um, you know, something that we are you know striving to improve at all, always. Yeah, I never know the difference between like something someone heard and now they're asking. And you know, I, I'm pretty clued into the space, and I was like, I hadn't heard that. So, all right, yeah. well, I, I think it's obvious. I saved the big questions for the end, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so here they are. 
I know this isn't your company, and it, but you, you're going to have as much insight to it right now as anybody that I have access to talk to on this day. So how soon until people who have just decided I want to use Omnipod 5 or people who are using Control IQ, like when they're, they're all at home, like looking at their sensors, trying to decide, like, do I order a G6 one more time? Like, like how soon do you expect those companies? I mean, you guys must have conversations about it, right? Like when is G7 going to work with that stuff? Yeah, we work super close with those partners um, to ensure that the you know G7 is the integration goes smoothly. So they've both both uh, Tandem Insulet and and our other partners have been working on the G7 integration for quite a while because the technology has been around. And so they um, you know when it comes to actually launching those upgrades for users, it's really um, they're in control of the timing there. Mm-hmm. Now that we have the FDA approval um, uh, for use with AID. It's really around them doing their upgrades. I think their public comments. So Tandem, I think, has talked about middle of 23. So that's not too long after we launch. Um, and then I think Insulet's a little, they're a little bit um, farther behind that. So, but they, they've they made, and they, they continually update their public comments around when they'll have that compatibility. But the, trust me, they're working very diligently on getting those, those systems upgraded. I wouldn't imagine that they're taking their time. Um, Jake, <laughs> I have to tell you, I know we're going... Your institutional knowledge of Dexcom is, it's incredible. Like I just out of order, we, I didn't send you these questions. I'm <laughs> rattling things off. I'm jumping from topic to topic. And you're like that. Yeah. This, this, that. Yeah. Like it's very impressive. So, um, please, please work there for as at least long as I have this podcast, uh, because, <laughs> because this was very easy and just full of information. And I'm going to pat myself on the back for getting through that many questions in 30 minutes because. I feel like my head is spinning now. I'm like, look, I'm watching this list dwindle in front of me. And I'm, I'm like, no, don't ask that. Ask this one. Ask that one. So um, anyway, I, 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 congratulations from me and from everybody listening. Everybody said thank you. Um, it's a big deal. We were all really excited yesterday. And you know what I'm, you know what, you know what people are going to want you to do next? Go make Dexcom G8 right now, Jake. You can maybe take a couple of days off, but then we would like to <laughs> We're see. We're working it. on it. Yeah, we'd like to see it as big as uh, the head of a pin, and I'd like to be able to wear it on my watch if you don't mind. Go ahead, get going. <laughs> lots, lots of innovation still to come. Uh, we're not, we're not nearly done. So, um, yeah, I appreciate the time, Scott. It's been great, and um, look forward to bringing G7 to the U.S. here very soon. You guys push this space forward in in, in a way that just wasn't happening before Dexcom. And I'm there. I've been around this a long time. I'm never going to forget, you know, when a new meter every three years seemed like a big deal. So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. I hope you have a great night. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Take care. See you. Bye. Well, I'd like to thank Jake for coming on the show so soon after the announcement. And of course, thank all of the people who listened to the podcast for the great questions. How did I get them? You might be wondering. Well, I got them in my private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It's a private group with over 32,000 people in it, people who live with type 1 diabetes, type 2. They're parents of people with type 1. They have type 1 themselves. The gamut is run in there. You don't even, you don't even have to say anything to learn in that group. It's amazing. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. Thank you all for the great questions. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you check out some others. Tell a friend, share this episode with people. There's a share button in your podcast app, or you can, if you're listening online, send somebody the link. When you share the show, you're helping it to grow. And uh, the truth is that's, that's the crazy best part of this whole thing. It's you guys and how supportive you are. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon 
with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.